guys? What is up? Scott Thomas here with you, your host, a.k.a. Scott Solo, a.k.a. You've Scott to Get What You Give. Welcome to On The Rails. Now, this is not a current On The Rails. We on vacation. We don't got access to a podcast studio. But we see you guys out there in San Diego and New Canaan and everyone who's listening. And we wanted to treat you to an episode this week anyway. I mentioned before in the program that we did some test episodes. Well, this was a pretty incredible one that we did at the beginning of 2018. It's called Burn the Year 2017. And my guests are Ben Furness, who was on the Song of Summer episode, and Search Party's Claire McNulty, who plays Chantel Waterbottom on the TBS smash hit entering its third season this fall. Now, one of the reasons I'm dropping this episode this week is it's kind of remarkable to me how many topics we covered back in January that are still relevant this week. We're talking good Twitter versus bad Twitter. We're talking the NFL, and then we may not be getting to Morgan Freeman or the thousands and privacy policies you've had to read this week, let alone push a T's new album. We will be back next week. We have some very exciting guests and beverage sponsors coming up in the next month. Thank you so, so much for being with us. As always, subscribe, five-star review, and thank you for riding the rails. Check in a week. So I'll, so I'm going to tell my story about the time that I came here. Please tell your story. So when I came here the last time I was, I was recording a song that a friend of mine had written for me to sing because he was learning how to write music for people, uh, because he was leaving his band and he wanted to start like a career as a songwriter for, you know, like famous people or whatever. And so he asked me like what kind of music I wanted to sing and, um, like what the subject of my song should be about and then he wrote me a song and so I came out here to like record it with him but I got here and it w- it was basically a garage and it was <laughs> freezing cold and he had like a bunch of blankets and like space heaters on in the space so that's what I thought that's where I thought we were we were going and I was totally down obviously if I brought my like you know. I love that you were down to record in a place that would have space heaters in seven degree weather, though. Yeah, I was like, totally ready. To I was go. barely willing to leave my apartment in the last three days. I was nervous, honestly, when you said I was freezing. <laughs> she told you it was going to yeah. be freezing. I did. Well, because I, I brought a face mask and a hat and gloves. <laughs> and I'm wearing a you know, flannel Pendleton yeah. shirt. It's just sort of. Is that Pendleton? It is. Oh, that's why it's so nice. It's, nice. it's a nice shirt. And I was wondering it's my if father. Was- Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> did you get it's older than I am. It's a vintage Pendleton. Oh, my God. Pendleton's going to be a sponsor of this podcast the second we're done. <laughs> I don't want to make such a big deal about my shit. <laughs> <laughs> if we could get a Pendleton blanket out of this, that would be totally rad. That's really, that's my only goal. Get enough sponsors that we start seeing the benefits at 10 Bone Shows. <laughs> Shirtcast members. <laughs> But on that note, I think I'm going to officially go in by playing this music. Yes! Then- <laughs> music, 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 music. <laughs> oh, that's perfect.
my God, that's amazing. Guys, oh, welcome. Drink. Actually, drink. 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 <laughs> it's already getting started. Everybody, welcome. Welcome to On the Rails, first one of 2018. We made it. We're Woo! 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 Yeah. Cheers, y'all. Yeah. Cheers. There was a month or two there where I didn't know we were going to get through 2017, but here we are. Yeah. Post Grayson, it is cold as all get out. Very happy to have all of you listeners here. want to introduce you to the two people who are with me today. On my immediate left, a guest who needs no introduction. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's David Letterman's new show. Apparently guests don't need introductions now. Great. Great. Perfect. So um, Next. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll introduce her. You may have seen her on Search Party. You may have seen her in Fort Tilden. I guess you're a cool viewer if that's the kind of thing you do. It's Claire McNulty. Claire, how are you? I'm so good, Scott. I love being introduced. <laughs> Claire, who needs an introduction. <laughs> Claire, who, who, for whom an uh, introduction is in her writer. <laughs> every event. I didn't know we could do a writer. <laughs> Oh yeah! Welcome. Next time, next episode, you're on. You get to do the full writer. Great. And the guy who's going to have a full writer the next time we have him on the show, right across from me, a man who also needs no introduction. <laughs> I do not think that means what you think it means. <laughs> the man who does the most killer Inigo Montoya impression you've ever heard. You may have seen him with Area 52 at UCB. You may have seen him in government. Just <laughs> <laughs> New York City government. It's true. In general. In, in general. If, you, if you're a viewer of the NY1, it's Ben Furness. Ben. Thanks, thanks for having me on, Scott. This is really fun. It's a, it's, a pleasure, <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you on. It's a pleasure to have you guys on. And you may be asking yourself, wait, what on earth are we doing here? What we're doing, what this podcast is. We're going to do a deep dive on the zeitgeist. We're going to try to make sense of whatever has happened this past week. But because the world is senseless, we're going to do so in an equally senseless manner. We are all currently playing a drinking game that none of us know the rules to. Ben and Claire have made rules for me. Ben and I have made some rules for Claire. Claire and I have made some rules for Ben. If any of us figures out those rules, they win a $10 gift card to Juice, Juice Press. Press. Juice oh. Press. Press, press. I said pass. <laughs> Juice Press. <laughs> One, two, three. Juice Press! I want to point out we are not sponsored by Juice Press. <laughs> That's right, a $10 gift card to Juice Press, and we are all currently already drinking some very lovely beverages. Ben, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking a Skyliner IPA from Braven Brewing Company. Ooh. Maybe Braven? Braven. Braven Braven. That's okay. I said juice. From Bushwick, Brooklyn. Yo. Oh, it's from Bushwick? It is from Bushwick. Oh. I tried to keep it local. Yeah, keep it local. Keep it local. Claire, are you also drinking that? Yeah, I'm drinking that too. Fantastic. I got some Eagle Rare Bourbon mixed with Canadian Dry Ginger Ale. You like any of those companies, make sure you give them a follow on Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. Braven, Eagle Rare. Follow us on Instagram at OnTheRailsPod, Twitter OnTheRailsPod. I mean, they're barely active, but give us a follow. We need sponsors. Our main thing we're going to do today, we're going to burn the year 2017. We're going to give this whole year a nice Viking funeral. Um, but first, before we do that, we're going to do my favorite thing that we do on the pod. It's a little thing called I'll Drink to That. Woo! Woo!
Very cool. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so what this is, guys, we're going to cheers something that we actually enjoy. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff out there that's not so fun in pop culture, but we will start by celebrating something that has been making our day, our week, our year. Who can say? Anybody got one they like first? They're a big fan of? Yeah. I've, oh, go Claire. I'm super excited about mine because I just, I just got it the other day. It's kind of a pop culture thing. Heck yeah. I got a Google Home. <laughs> what? What? Yeah, I got a Google Home and I talk to it every morning. <laughs> and I talk to it every night when I get home. And I got to tell you, uh, I feel great. What do you talk to it about? I I ask it the weather. I ask it to play my music. I ask it to tell me jokes. I ask it to tell me a lot of jokes. What kind of jokes does it tell? Excellent jokes. And it usually starts, it'll be like, okay, one joke coming up. And then it like pauses for a second and then it tells the joke. And one of the jokes that it told me recently was, um, what's a, uh, what is a belt made of watches i have no idea it's a waste of time (laughs) (laughs) wow that was a google home joke (laughs) they got some funny people yeah google and it's like inexhaustible too like it you can ask it to tell you jokes over and over and over and over again and And it's a waste of time every time (laughs) that's the google home joke (laughs) the one they figured out it's a good joke. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like, and there's something about coming home and like taking off your jacket and being like, "Hey Google, <laughs> hi Claire, <laughs> hey Google, turn on Sufjan Stevens," which is usually what's happening. It's usually, "Hey Google, turn on Sufjan Stevens," <laughs> and then it's like, "Bing di do ding ding da do ding da do do," and it feels great. It feels like I have a cat. You know? I, I, I'm prone to hyperbole, but I dare say that's the best Sufjan Stevens impression that anyone has ever done. <laughs> I also just saw I, Tanya, so I'm doing, oh, I'm actually, that? it's good. It's good. It's not like as good as, wow. but it's good. No, shots fired, Margot Ruby. No, she's great. Okay. She's like so, she's so good in it. It's just, it's doing this thing where it's like, it's like pretending to be morally ambivalent. It's like pretending to celebrate moral ambivalence, but it's not actually you know what i mean it's pretending to be on the side of both tanya harding and nancy kerrigan and just being like tanya harding did a terrible thing though tanya harding did a terrible thing that's sort of very bad yeah it's very bad and they're saying that like because she was like abused her whole life Mm. her perspective on it is like oh like you know nancy kerrigan got like hit in the leg once like i've i've been like physically abused my entire life so it Mm. all evens out in the end and so and like i understand that they're making that argument but it totally minimizes both of their traumas which means i was gonna say do we know that nancy kerrigan has suffered no trauma in her life that seems like yeah no it's told from it's told from tanya harding's perspective so that's like you know i guess what that's what it's meant to be yeah but also i don't know how's allison janney astonishing oh I love her. She's so she's good. The best. She is a she is a she's an evergreen drink to that. Yeah, I will evergreen you know? drink to drink Alice to Alice Jenny. Jenny. And, to Google Home. and to Google and to Home. Google Home. <laughs> Those are two good ones. Wow. All right, guys, buckle your seatbelts because I'm all about something. All right. Uh-oh. So I just read this incredible sci-fi fantasy book <laughs> yes! called The Traitor Baru Cormorant by Seth Dickinson, and I loved it. What? Here's the situation. It takes place in a fantasy world 
the level of technology is probably like the age of exploration. Okay. But it is about a young woman named Baru Cormorant who is, lives on an island with her gender-fluid family, and there is an evil empire that comes and tries to force new gender roles onto this island. And she decides to go to the Metropole and take the civil service exam and rise through the ranks of this evil empire, becomes the treasurer of this other colony, sets all these dukes against each other, and then triumphs. It's unbelievable. It's like Game of Thrones, but she's a lesbian, and it's against, like, homophobic emperors. Wow. It's unbelievable. What? It's incredible. Actually, I can't also, recommend it enough. Also, drink. Oh, snap. Sort of. <laughs> I took a liberty with that. <laughs> drink, sort of. So it's the best book I've ever read about wow. ducal and court shenanigans. Yeah. That sounds awesome. And also monetary policy. There's like a big monetary <laughs> policy angle. It's great. I sort of feel like this is your future a little bit, like in a way that describes. She's so much cooler than I am. <laughs> She's unbelievable. She's an unbelievable woman. Wow. What is her name again? So I've only ever read the name. So it's, okay. it's spelled B-A-R-U. Okay. So it's either Baru or Baru. Oh and then God. Cormorant, like the seabird. <gasps> wow. The Trader Baru Cormorant by Seth Dickinson. Oh, I Recommended. cannot wait. It's awesome. Is it is it technically sci-fi or YA? Is it? Is it's it... probably. I think you would probably describe it as fantasy. Okay, cool. But it the as I said the the the, the level of technology is like seafaring. Yeah. Age yeah. of exploration. So there's like okay. ships and cannons and dukes. It's great. <laughs> That's so cool. One of like the buried leads from my year last year was reading more science fiction than I had in a long time. And I don't know if that was a reaction to the year. Yeah. But it seems like there's some amazing novels coming out. I think that's right. I think we might be living like under the radar in a golden age of science fiction and yeah. fantasy. Yeah. Which I also didn't start. It started coming back to me with Discovery, with Star Trek Discovery, oh, which came out last year, which is also so good. It's so good. It hits all of the Star Trek buttons, you know. Yeah. All of the nostalgic and, you know, forward looking Star Trek. Yeah. Buttons. Actually, it's something I wind up tackling when I do my one of my burn the years because I thought it did such a good job of pushing that property forward yeah. in a way that was honest about what Star Trek is, but wasn't reverent of what Star Trek yeah. is. And that that felt really important. I feel like the last Jedi sort of did that. Yeah, I absolutely agree, and I'll I'll definitely hit that in the burn the year of like okay. that was exactly how I felt about Last Jedi that you needed to bring Star Wars into 2017, 2018, and have it continue to speak to who and what we are, and that means you burn some bridges potentially with parts of the fan base. But I think that's the right call. Um, who who directed it? Brian Johnson. Okay. Who made Brick? And he made. I like uh, Brick. I love Brick. Wait, is Brick the thing with? Fucking jo Joseph Gordon-Levitt. No. Like the high school no. no. I hate Brick. You hate Brick? I hate it. No. Brick made me not want to watch Joseph Gordon-Levitt for like a decade. Please tell me why. I'm sorry. No. I don't, I don't remember. I just remember watching it and being like, <laughs> I can't tell you specifically what I didn't like about it. Oh my God. That's amazing. Deal with whatever this ain't about and drop it. Tell Emma I want to see her. So if she wants my help or not, it's her business. 
but I want to hear it straight from she her today. Me. She knows where I eat lunch. I also heard the three body problem. Have you heard about that? That's, no. I hear that's incredible. It's really good. What? It's a Chinese science fiction novel. It's almost hard to describe what it's about, but the the core question is if humanity were contacted by an alien life form, which faction of humanity they happen to reach first would have enormous consequences for how they view our entire species. And so <sighs> one of the premises is like we make contact, uh, the, the aliens make contact with one particular faction of Chinese rebels during the Chinese Cultural Revolution. And they're like the first set of people who have contact with this alien life form. And it's all about like the politics of Earth. And it's amazing. That's it's great. Also sounds awesome. So cool. I, I, this was not going to be mine. And I guess I'll, I'll do my other I drink to that. But I read one this week called The, the Cruel Prince. That is technically a YA novel. That's about a, a, two sisters and their half sister. Their parents are killed in the first two minutes by a fairy. They get whisked off to fairyland. And they're basically forced to live with their abusers. And it's about how the protagonist tries to gain power in fairyland but like the buried motif is she's stuck with these people that traumatized her and that basically traumatized her because she's a human and her arc throughout the book as the heroine gives no quarter where that's concerned like it goes out of its way to go yeah what she's doing might be questionable in the abstract and in fact in the consequences it has for the people she loves but it's also examining is that because of her living situation Mm. is it because she's living with these people who do love her and do care for her, but caused her irreparable harm. And this was this YA novel. It blew me away. Like, the writing was okay. There's a lot of trope stuff, but then there were chapters where I was barely breathing Yeah. because the emotional cost was, like, just kind of ripping me a new one. (laughs) I think you're right. I think we're in a golden age of, like, Sci-fi fantasy. That's. Will you put? Will, are you gonna? Will you put all of this like on Twitter? So. That, oh yeah, absolutely. I want to have a list of these things to read. No, when no I, we'll link to like, all of this. It'll be in the show notes. That's what they say, right? In the, <laughs> show, in notes. the show notes. Okay, yeah. good. That's exactly right. As will I should have mentioned the rules for the drinking game. We're going to reveal them at the end of the episode, but I will put them in the show notes if you want to know why we've been forced to drink so far. And speaking of drinking, I'll transition in a my. I'll drink to that, which okay. of all things is the first day of 2018. Which I did not think I would be saying by any means, right? Because as we are acknowledging, last year was a dumpster fire. It was terrible. It was awful. And I didn't really know what New Year's was going to feel like given that. But of course, for me, the day started around 9 a.m. when I woke up and the announcement for timesup.org mm-hmm. came out. Do you, do you know what Time's mm-hmm. Up is? So a bunch of uh, power players in Hollywood, women specifically. Uh, no, I did see this now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that announcement comes up around 9 a.m. You know, Shonda Rhimes, Ashley Judd. I'm feeling like that's a good start. And then around 10 a.m., this album by Jeff Rosenstock drops called Post. No warning. He's an unbelievable sort of post-ska punk musician. And I swear to you, I would put my bottom dollar now. It is one of the 50 best albums that will come out all year or else it's the best year for music. It's one of... It's better than most of the things I heard last year. It's called Post by Jeff Rosenstock? By Jeff Rosenstock. And it's he wrote it in lieu of the election. He went up to a cabin in January 2017. He wrote all the songs in 10 days. He let them gestate for 11 months. Then he recorded them in five days in December. And I swear to you, you can hear the anxiety of January mixed with like the growth of December. Wow. And it's so immediate and it's so mature and... I I can't imagine many things topping it. Yeah, 
Okay. So I had that. And then a football game, which I did not think I would be saying because I do not watch football anymore, by and large. But I, we were driving back from uh, from Cleveland to Connecticut, and I happened to start streaming the Rose Bowl. And it was so good that it made me forget about concussions or the League of Institutionalized Racism mm-hmm. that all these players are going to be graduating into when they're done playing the Rose Bowl. It was the most exciting thing. The ga- like the game? Like the what game. was happening in the game? It was it was the only time that there have ever been two overtimes in a Rose Bowl in history. The lead kept changing. Though the quarterback of Oklahoma, Ryan Chittapong's own son, Baker Mayfield, who he announced at our show, <laughs> if you recall... <laughs> Is the quarterback for one of these teams. That's the other reason I had to mention it. Because <laughs> I finally figured out who Baker Mayfield was when I was watching this in the car. Baker Mayfield is like, he's like, <laughs> about that. He's like the tiniest little dude. Yeah. He's like Rudy if Rudy could pass a football. Yeah. And, and watching him like go off in this game and I was suddenly invested in him. And I was like, oh my God, I, I, I like, this is the most invested in football I've been in ages. And. Wait, describe. So you're in a car streaming this on like a device? Yeah, on my phone. That must have been very engaging because that's a hard way to um, watch something. It, it w- I was in the mountains of Pennsylvania watching this game, and and honestly, th- that experience. You were driving. I was. Well, I was passenger. I was uh. in the passenger seat. <laughs> I just had it up this like by the with... rearview mirror, like hanging there. <laughs> Scott's a ghost. <laughs> a plot twist. <laughs> I'm not even here. <laughs> 2018 is a great year to be dead. <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan's on the rails. <laughs> also, drink. Oh, damn. Sort of. Yeah. Right? I actually, for a rule I created, I have to drink twice, too. Son oh, my God. A... We're going to put Scott yeah. under the table. I'm... I also just want to point out that I haven't had to drink yet. No, not once. Interesting. Not yet. Yeah, you're I'm killing it right in now. What the rules are. It I might have been not... a little bit narrow. It may be that I'm yeah. not. Am I not being fully myself? <laughs> You're going to warm up into these rules. Uh, but to, to tie it all together, I guess the thing for me was that was such a a beautiful way to start the year. It felt like everything was building on what was right about 2018 for me. There was yeah. sport was beautiful, which mm-hmm. is something that I very much need in my life uh, from time to time. I got an unbelievable album. We got something that built on me, too, as opposed to kind of put it on the wayside. Like, yes. Trump tweeted some crazy things at Pakistan. Yes, Logan Paul uploaded a dead body. Like 2018 was very much a continuation of 2017. But there was enough good that I walked out of that day being like, this year could be better. Did all of those things happen on January 1st? All of those things happened on January 1st. That's crazy. I think technically he uploaded the video on the 31st, but no one really saw it until the first and that was it did you see this i had to learn who logan paul was I oh i'm too. so but sorry i wish i didn't had, yeah. have to do that i didn't know who that was. yeah yeah if that was your start to 2018 then you definitely didn't like the first day <laughs> of the year that wasn't my i don't think that was my start we'll talk about this later but my i'm i feel like twitter <laughs> i feel like knowing what's happening is has is something that i want to leave behind <laughs> Like, in general, like, knowing what's going on is something that I need to have a better relationship with going into 2018 and forward um, past that. So that day was the day that I really just, like, so I may not have heard about any of that stuff until the following day, actually. I I agree with you. I also feel like there's such a strange correspondence between what is on Twitter and what is 
going on right. or happening in any like meaningful way. Right. And sort of con- the conflation of those two things is sort of what's so terrible. Yeah. It's like just because everybody's talking about it on Twitter doesn't mean that's a, an important thing that's happening. Right. There's probably hundreds of important things that are happening that are much more consequential. Right. Yeah. And the com- but nobody's tweeting about them. Right. And the, it, it becomes that the conversation is what's happening. Right. Which mm-hmm. is something that I like. I don't need to have. No, but but it's interesting. Like that is what gives it cachet, right? The conversation is cachet more than it ever has been. I I was talking to someone about that new Justin Timberlake record that's coming out and the Mm -hmm. whole launch he did this week and how I I think it is whack as shit. Like it looks. Did you see this video? He's going to the woods. (laughs) He's a man of the the woods. woods. Yeah. This album is really inspired by my son, my wife, my family but more so than any other album I've ever written where I'm from. Is he Bonnie He's Barry? reconnecting with his, with his roots. Oh. Yeah. And, and no shit, the video looks like the Bonnie Vare impression he did in 2012. When he was on SNL, he played Bonnie Vare, and now in this video, he's like knee-deep in a river, like Christ arms out. <laughs> like one second, he's just like eyes up at the sky, then he's like hugging Jessica Biel in close-up. feels like mountains, trees. And like a cowboy jacket that costs two thousand dollars, it's it's straight up whack as fuck. It's there's something to me about the transformation of Justin Timberlake because I will always think of him as a frosted tipped teenager, always forever. For real. And so like him becoming a man with like you know arms the twice the size of his legs <laughs> and like tattoos and like a neck that's you know tree trunk thick or whatever just makes me feel like it's so it just seems so impossible it seems so like (laughs) physically unlikely you know what i mean that it's that i i just don't he's not who he was (laughs) justin timberlake as a property to me is like skinny and like frosted tipped i think i'm rooting for him though in some for some yeah 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 well anyone who's going to shape the culture and the conversation i'm rooting for like i don't want that album to be Terrible. I would like it if it wasn't mediocre. I think it's better for all of us, given that conversation is the currency, if we could talk about an album How that's... How awesome Justin Timberlake is? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I, like, maybe his Super Bowl halftime show will acknowledge that he ripped Janet Shirt off. That would kind of be amazing. Is that happening this year? He's playing the Super Bowl this year. What is the conventional wisdom now about why he did that? Did he do it on purpose? That's Was he was told to do that? Was it an accident? Yeah, I don't actually know. I mean, I think the narrative for a long time has been that it was an accident... But then again, everyone said, then why are the pasties there? Because Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. It's never made sense to me. And of course, the... It's probably... it's pro- Well, sometimes you put pasties on because you don't want hard nipples to But shift. they look like... Yeah. But they were shurikens. performative. They look like oh. ninja stars. Oh. Yeah. Right? No, they really did. Yeah. I thought it was... When I saw it, I thought it had been on purpose. And only like two days later did I go like, maybe that wasn't supposed to happen. When like the, the photos were coming out of his and her face, and it was like... That looks like trauma, not yeah. like fun. Like, Didn't the NFL get fined by the FCC? They did. What a simple time. <laughs> yeah, do you think the the FCC's like rules have changed? I don't I know. I don't know. It just, know it just feels so absurd now. Yeah. It does. Well, and that's what's so weird about him going back to play the halftime. It's like returning to the place where all of that started. And we all have to be like, oh, yeah, you really benefited from this moment. Whereas... Uh, Janet kind of had to take a few years. Yeah. Like she, sort of, she sort of like took a few years off. That's true. So that's like, messed up. That it's messed really up. messed up. 
Well, and that's what's also, and what was so interesting about Filthy coming out, and I'll, I'll transition this into our... Is that the name of his album? It, no, that's the, the first single. single. Oh, It's okay. Filthy. Okay. Um, the album is called Man of the Woods. And no shit, the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you're finding this out for the first time. <laughs> he's from Tennessee? He's from Tennessee, yeah. Cool. Yeah, and, and, and no shit, and I don't know if he's fucking with us or not, but the track list, he put it on Twitter, and the track list has song names like flannel and juice is it a joke I, we don't know yet okay. but he might actually have just written a song called flannel for his album man of the woods and <laughs> if it's a joke it's very funny it's hysterical it's like an elaborate paper towel commercial it's like the bounty man <laughs> <laughs> oh it's, it's gonna turn out that he's um he's a bear <laughs> <laughs> i'm not Shyamalan's justin timberlake he's a bear I meant, like a, I meant like a gay, a gay bear. Oh, a gay, gay bear. bear. Yeah, but also a bear. <laughs> Just an actual bear. Uh, the album's about his transformation from a gay bear into an actual bear. To an actual bear. <laughs> it turns out he was great in The Revenant like five years ago. Oh, yeah. Wasn't there some weird thing about Leonardo DiCaprio having sex with that bear? Guys, totally <laughs> missed that. <laughs> There's some weird thing about that. What the hell was like that? Fan fiction that's out there. I no, love no, that. no, 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 no. There was like some. I don't know. It was a joke. Maybe you're doing the SNL Revenant thing. shipping. You shipped Leo and the bear. <laughs> <laughs> you're on the fan fiction site, so you've got like a 120-page-long manifesto. We're like, yeah, I've been writing fan fiction about SNL <laughs> for years. Can you imagine? Oh my god, I really wish that was. True. I'm hoping you're going to be like, no, it's true. I'm going to read an excerpt. No. Claire has a 475-page Word document on her computer. <laughs> just fan fiction. It's just fan fiction about your own character in Search Party, actually. Oh, just right. It's actually just my own scripts that I keep pitching. Yeah. That, that they don't want. Hey, you have some good scripts. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Are you referring to my X-Files script? My childhood X-Files script? Can you talk about that? I don't oh. know anything about that script. I wrote a I wrote a script for an X Files episode when I was nine years old. Um, it's great. <laughs> it's like the best thing. It's the best thing I've ever done. Oh my god! Was it a standalone or did it uh, speak it to the mythology? Cons- it was a mythology episode. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, and I was in it, of course, and it was about me. It was about me martyring myself, essentially. Like I gave myself up so that Mulder's sister could come back to. Wow. Um could come back so like in the end i disappear but she 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 appears which actually happened in an episode in like season four or season five or something it was a plot it was a plot line that eventually happened yeah i loved the x-files and one of the most dramatic moments of my childhood is when i told my dad i'm like dad you got to watch the x-files it's this great show it's super interesting it's all about sci-fi and conspiracies and then it was the Peacock Family episode. Oh, fuck. Oh, no. Do you remember that episode? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I do. Humbug. It's terrifying. Or no, it's not and humbug. It is not home. 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 It is not about science fiction or conspiracies. No. It's about a bunch of brothers whose mom doesn't have legs or arms, and they keep her <laughs> under the bed, and they keep on impregnating yeah. her and then burying their kids in the ball field. Yeah. It's yeah. really, like, so messed it's up. so fucked. It's all like pigs eat someone or something in that episode. Like, is that the same one? Oh, yeah. The opening image is like the kids playing a pickup baseball game and the kids like kicking the dirt and he kicks the dirt and then like blood oozes up. Because that's where the babies buried. Because that's where the babies are buried. Babies buried. And my dad was like, you like this show? I'm like, (laughs) I like this. This this is totally different. It's different. This is a different kind of episode. 
It's one of the scariest episodes. They made they they it's in horrifying. in the new series that has come out, which I haven't watched yet. Yeah, I've been very nervous. Yeah, I watched it. But um, the woman who plays the mother in that episode is in this new series. Because, is she really? Yeah, as that character? No, as a, as a completely different character, which they would do occasionally. They occasionally cast actors to play completely different people in the show, um, which is something only super fans would know. Um, <laughs> so, but so it's she... Like you and Kumon Nanjili know that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, man. That was such a smart thing of him doing that podcast. I should have done that. When he got on the show, I was so like, Fuck! <laughs> I, I fucked it up. I did it the wrong way. I should have tried to get on that show. But um, anyway, she's in the new series. That's so cool. Yeah, because they know that the fans love her. And speaking of new series, I think that transitioned us into the second thing that we're going to do. We're going to do a quick but very thorough weekly rewind. <laughs> I felt very suspect about that music when I was making it today. I was like, I need a theme song for the weekly rerun and came up with that. And then like was done. I was like, that's going to feel creepy. It's really intense. Who's, really- who's that song by? Um, That is by, I only remember it's called Spin It Back. It's on Dim Mac Records and I can't remember for the, who the, for the life of me who it's by. And then the two people that it's quoting is some girl named Penny who's on YouTube and has all these followers that makes these really weird videos where she doesn't break character and she's like very serious, almost like like a Victorian ghost or something. Dead serious. I only found this today. It's weird as hell. YouTube is so crazy. YouTube is so crazy. It's so old. I Honestly, this, and actually to, to tie it all together, this week made me feel incredibly old. I don't know about you guys, the amount we managed to cram into this week. Here's what I had is like the major events. So obviously the first day happens. In politics, we had Kim Jong-un threatening nuclear war sort of, and describing the button on his desk, which led to the president comparing his button to other buttons, a tweet storm of about 16 different tweets, which is the most he's ever sent out in one day. The dishonest media awards are announced, which happened this Monday. That's a real thing, apparently. Stephen Colbert is campaigning for to win all the dishonest media awards. Have you seen this? No, I hate it. I know. it's the He's going to do it at 5 p.m.? On Monday. Who's he? Uh, 45? 45. He's like, an, oh, God damn it. Yeah, I know. It's 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 crazy. I actually wondered if it was because the Golden Globes are tonight, too. Didn't want to counter-program. Yeah, and he knows Seth Meyers is hosting. Mm-hmm. Like, he's right. going to say some shit. His nemesis. Yeah, his nemesis. Mm-hmm. So that's happening on Monday, and this all feels like it was an appetizer for Fire and Fury making mm-hmm. all the headlines. On Wednesday and Thursday, the New York Magazine article gets published. The book gets rushed to Friday once reactions start happening. I know I've read about half of it, and I've already fallen for some of the fake news that's around it, as we discovered before. I thought the Gorilla Channel was a real excerpt from the book. <laughs> this is a real problem, Scott. This is a serious yeah. issue. This And this is like, talk about like a perfect example of what we're living with in 2018. I straight up thought it was a part of the book I hadn't gotten to yet. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. I thought like, oh, wow, this is his biggest indulgence. This is where he's he's most 
The, you know the part where I knew it was wrong. Yeah, was when he said that he squatted in front of the TV. <laughs> I was like, he would never get up. To Everybody do that. knows he's in bed, and the TV, <laughs> there are three TVs at eye level. Yeah, he doesn't he, need to squat anything. He doesn't move. He doesn't move to watch his television. Even even if he's super enthusiastic about something, he doesn't move. And there's that passage in the book where apparently he's in bed supposedly by 6 p.m. and he's eating a cheeseburger if he can be. And that he had to fight to get a second television installed because apparently there was one television in that bedroom. And he demanded that there was both the second television put in and then a lock on the door, which the Secret Service supposedly gave him shit about. Again, none of this may be real in any way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. Reading the book is insane. Yeah. By the way, I cannot recommend it enough only because it's the most elaborate piece of retconning here, fan fiction that I've maybe (laughs) ever seen in my life. How did you guys, did you read the excerpts? Like, uh, I read the, I read an excerpt that was, um, released before the book was released. Yeah. The New York magazine one. Yes. Yeah. I read the New York magazine one. I sort of felt like this was all stuff we had a sense of already. Yeah. And it didn't, I was actually a little bit surprised at how much people seemed newly shocked. Yeah. Um, and I don't mean to be like, Oh, I knew all this already, but I, I, I was actually just surprised at, how differently people were reacting to this than it feels like you know, Maggie Haberman's reporting, like all this right. stuff that's sort of been reported I, previously. I totally agree with you. And, and having gotten halfway into it, what's what's interesting about it is having it all in one place. Hmm. And actually, to me, the moments where it made a lot of sense, not because it felt scandalous, like all the all the gossipy parts are fine, hmm. but the parts where it it actually seems to do a better job of contextualizing him and some of the reporting has done is particularly what's exciting about it, whether it's true or not. But but it, it, it's that it feels true. And and yeah. actually, fan fiction is, is sort of the best context I can give it because what's great about fan fiction when it's good. And I this has been on my mind because I just found out a really good friend of mine from back home has been writing Teen Wolf fan fiction. So I had the opportunity <laughs> to read Dead Serious. That's awesome. It's awesome. and honestly, shout out to Tracy and the fan fiction she's doing. It's Black Swan. In the world of Teen Wolf, basically. It's wow. like set wow. in a ballet school. It's amazing. Wow. I, I devoured it. Cool. It was totally great. But what makes me think of that is she knows those characters so well. And I think speaks truth to who those characters are in this fantasy experience of them. And that's the thing about Fire and Fury that to me was so fascinating. Is I was like, I can't prove that any of this is true or not. But... It seems by synergizing what we already know and having this narrative attached to it that I feel like I'm. It under- makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. And I, and I understand it better than right. I did before reading it. Right. In a way. That was the fun part of it for me and what I've read. Not like the yeah. gossip stuff. The, just the notion that these people did not want to become the president. Right. He, he didn't want to yeah. become the president. The people around him were like relieved when they just assumed he would lose and they would all go on to. Fox News contributing gigs and right. yeah, other sort of conservative media ecosystem jobs. So that felt very true, right? Like nobody yeah. wanted him to win. He's so obviously unfit. It's boring to talk about. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he should not be president. It's a right. nightmare. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. And there's something about reading it, something about like the day to day of it. I'm ho- This is what I'm hoping I'm going to get out of it. Yeah. Actually, I haven't I haven't even decided if I want to like engage in it yet I, i'm having a hard time figuring out i'm having a hard time negotiating 
how much of this I actually even want to engage with. Like my dad, my dad keeps being like, just ignore it. He's like, just ignore it. Pretend it's not happening. Like, you know, mm, live your life in the best way that you can and support support people who need support in the best way that you can. But pretend that he doesn't exist. And because my dad, I think he really thinks of him as like, you know, he's like a he's like a fairy where if you applaud him, he that's how he stays alive. You know, nice. I like that metaphor a lot, actually. You know, once you stop cheering for him is when he dies. It's just so desperate. Yeah. Attention. Yeah. He's so desperate for attention. And the book is like it. it's, you know, this terrible cycle, the the media thing on Monday or yeah. whatever. Like, that's such a good example of how they're feeding each other, how this like narrative is like feeding itself. But also, like, I do I really like the idea that these characters are so well drawn that now, like, that narrative is something that that can feel true to us and can be descriptive of like what's actually happening. And that would be interesting to read, I guess. Well, I don't know. And, and that I guess is sort of nice. You, you hit on a word that, that I resonates for me a lot, which is the idea of them as characters, because to a degree, like Trump for better and worse over the course of his career, whatever you want to call it, has made a character of himself. I mean, that was his third act was saying, like, I can take the character of myself to Hollywood and bank on this when the New York Observer is giving me shit for my failed real estate and Atlantic City not panning out like I can be a character and he'll refer to himself in the third person. And that that is maybe also why I wonder, like, is that why this is resonating? Because it feels less like reporting and more like a story. So he actually is a character within this, yeah. which is the way he talks about himself anyway, in so many ways. Yeah. It, it actually does feel like pun intended fighting fire with fire. Like, yeah. and, and it's, it's wild. It's totally wild. Um, but I understand the reticence to read it too. Like yeah. I've normally been reading, I read the cruel prince right before this. And now in my off time, I'm reading more about the guy who I get inundated with day in and day out. Right. And I wonder how how healthy that is. Maybe we'll maybe it's just going to be like, you know, eating a lot of ice cream or something like eventually <laughs> we're going to have too much and then we're just going to Ice cream is so much better. It's yeah. so much right. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh man, now you're making me think what a Donald Trump flavor of ice cream is and shit, I have to drink. <laughs> quite. Dang. Okay. Also, you from before. From okay. a while ago, I, just didn't, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. No, I did. We were um, on conversation. And I forgot to shoot. Okay, good, good, good. So that was the week in politics, as it were. Beyond that, um, tons of weird pop culture. So we actually already touched on Justin Timberlake, which was my big right, yeah, music pop takeaway right for the week. So we covered that. Other things that went down an unbelievable week in television to tie to your X Files. What else happened in it, TV? Honestly. Best week I can remember in a long time in terms of consistency. Nine one one, Grownish, The Shy, all premiered. All of those are so worth watching. I don't know if you guys saw. Any I haven't of seen those. any of those. Holy crap, they're all so good. I saw the premiere of nine one one. I did see that. Did you like it? Yeah, I liked it. Is it a comedy? Not at it's all. It's a drama. Yeah, it's well, a drama. It's it about feels... the people who work in the dispatch. Yeah, nine one one dispatch. It feels like ER. Or it feels like a nineties. You know, procedural. Does it stay in the call center or does it go out to the firefighters and police officers? It goes out to the yeah. to, to their calls. And, yeah. and it goes out in like a very Ryan Murphy-ish way. Like I kept wondering, like, what's going to be Ryan Murphy about this show, given how much freedom he's had on FX? And the first two things that you encounter is there's a baby that's been 
flush down the toilet Jesus. that's trapped in a wall. And so they have to break this baby out of the wall. <laughs> I honest, oh, my God. Yeah. It's in a pipe. It's in a pipe. How does the FX, That's a little baby or a big pipe. It's a big pipe. There's a big pipe and a little baby. And it's a and it's because it's premature, its bones are uh malleable. That's what Jesus. it that's what that's how they describe it. <laughs> They're like, there can't be a baby in there. And they're like, Well, it's premature, so its bones are that's how they fix it. I remember when they figured out it was a premature baby. Like it was sort of glossed over. Yeah, I don't know. Like I Peter Krause is just like, Oh yeah, it was totally born early. <laughs> yeah. They would seem to it would seem to make perfect sense to Peter Krause. Who also has become a fucking tree trunk. Like, he, Peter Krause is also someone that I associate with, you know, Six Feet Under, like his character in Six Feet Under. And yeah. now he's like, it's crazy. He's jacked. It's like, his uniform barely fits him. And he's like, he's like talking to the priest about, I don't know. And there's <laughs> no, re- every, no other firefighter in that show is jacked as hell. <laughs> no. And for some reason, like him, repentant firefighter who used to be addicted to drugs got super jacked. And it's just not a part of the story. In any way, shape, or form. You know what I would watch is three one one, which is the non-emergency <laughs> complaint line. I want to see with Ryan like Murphy's street through, yeah. signs that have been damaged and people noise asking complaints. noise complaints and whether you have to move your car, whether it's alternate side parking day. <laughs> That's good stuff. Have you ever, like, in your time working for government? Just like sat in on three one one and like listened to the concerns of the people. <laughs> no, that's an inter- that's a great idea. Though. It might be one of those. Like, I mean, noise uh, complaints. It's it's by far the number one. And I mean, alternate side parking. Yeah. Questions. I I one time I one time called Ben instead of three one one. Bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> There's a mistake right there. Why did because you call him? I because I was driving down the highway and I saw a I saw a traffic sign that said America first. It was a traffic sign though. Okay. Like one of those like lights that's supposed to say like thirty miles per hour or you know, that like tells you what you're yeah. I don't know, what speed you're supposed to go. But instead it said America first. And I got real pissed off about that. So I called Ben and I was like, Ben, is this like that's not okay, right? We're not that's not something that's supposed to be allowed by and, and how he was like, that... call 311. <laughs> <laughs> how would that happen? Like, can you rent those signs? Did someone... I mean, it was the... I assume it was the construction company that was, like, being sassy. Couldn't tell you. Wow. I don't know. That I didn't know that was possible. So I called 311, and she was like, okay, I'll, I'll like, send your complaint to the to DOT, and they'll, they'll respond to you in a week or something, and I never heard anything. I think in addition to Biodome, you need to write the pilot for 311. <laughs> You want to do that with me? Sure, sure, I don't sure, think sure. I could do that on my own. Yeah, just get Ryan Murphy to produce it. That's This is how you do it. It's <laughs> going to be as good as that X-Files script. <laughs> yeah, it'll be 17 pages long. A restaurant <laughs> owner wants to appeal their B designation from the New York City Health Department. <laughs> <laughs> sounds great. <laughs> just trying good. to imagine like who the special guest star is that plays it. Like, right. Special guest star Morgan Freeman. It's a little bit like high maintenance. <laughs> it is kind of like high maintenance. I think Actually. it would be. You know... You know, they have rotating guest stars, but the real star is the city. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's the real character. The real character in 311 would also be the city. Yeah. That's... Oh, then you get your spinoffs like 311 Boise and like. <laughs> <laughs> 311 Chicago. 311 yeah. Fort Lauderdale. 311 Fort Lauderdale. Nobody wants to watch that. 
Actually, that would probably be the most popular. You just alienated all our listeners from Fort Sorry, Lauderdale. Sorry, I hate Florida. I just really, really, yeah. I feel like Florida's kind of having a moment. In what? In what way? Like they're like a drug moment. <laughs> I don't like know. a violence, like a I don't know exactly what I mean, but like, it's like Miami is really hip. Like everybody wants to go to Miami before it <laughs> oh, before is it underwater. Sinks. Yeah, oh. they, they do have a lot of great arts festivals there. Uh, Art Basel yeah. is there, right? Mm-hmm. Like they, they yeah. there's some good stuff about Miami. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of wonderful things about Florida <laughs> in general, <laughs> including Fort Lauderdale. The Jacksonville Jaguars are in the playoffs today. Yeah, I mean, go Bills! But the Jacksonville Jaguars are in the playoffs today, so. Go Jaguars. <laughs> there was Go the Bills. dead silence. Yeah, I mean, you're from Ithaca, so... Yeah, we yeah. were a Bills town. We were a yeah. Bills town. Yeah, that's a huge thing. I'm not a, I'm not a sports fan, but, no. they, but Buffalo Bills were a fandom that existed in Ithaca, New York, where I'm from. <laughs> <laughs> we transitioned us into sports this week. Very little to write home about. <laughs> we heard the, wrong. the wrong We're, we're going to get through that super wrong. fast. Uh, the College Bowls theme had happened. Playoff football has happened. Actually, one thing that's worth seeing, if you guys didn't see it, a quarterback threw a pass to himself wow. for a touchdown. What? That happened yesterday. Yeah, you're Mar- allowed to do that. It, not, it, you're not. And what's crazy is it still found a way to happen. Marcus Mariota actually threw a pass that got deflected by the defender. He caught it and ran it into the end zone. It, it honestly, like, I emailed it to one or two people that don't like sports. They just wound up on like this group mailing I was doing, and I made it a button on the email, and they wrote back being like, "Yo, that was incredible." When you say deflected, do you mean like it just like bounced off of something? Yeah, the guy's hand. like hand struck it, oh. and he managed to catch the pass and then run it into the end zone. That's crazy. It's yeah, cr- that's cool. Yeah, human beings doing incredible things. Yeah, that like, is an incredible thing. Like, that's true. Yeah, five seconds of awesome in a generally shitty season, which I will absolutely cover. In a little in the bit. Okay. In in the burn. In the Viking funeral. Which actually, you know what? Let's do that Viking funeral right, right now. Great. That's the main attraction. It is time to burn the year 2017. I don't have a music cue for this one, but I do have a sound cue that will play every time we burn something. What we're gonna do, we're gonna give this year the Viking funeral that it deserves. We've been talking a little bit about how 2018 is happening. We would like mm-hmm. it to be a lot better than mm-hmm. the dumpster fire. The 2017 was. And so we've all picked some things that we would like to leave behind <laughs> in the coming new year, if possible, or at the very least, eliminate somehow. We've all picked different stuff. We're going to go around and do it. And then we're going to send it off with this hastily created sound effect. That's awesome. Are those birds flying? <laughs> those. <laughs> it's like longbows on the beach. <laughs> Shooting fire arrows. That is exactly oh, is I, that I go- what it is? I googled arrow sound effect. Explosion <laughs> sound effect. <laughs> and then fire burning sound effect and used my limited garage band skills to like collage them all together. I thought it was duck hunters and <laughs> Very good. And ducks flying. But either way. Oh, from now on, it will be. <laughs> Next year when I do this feature, it's going to be the duck hunt like. <laughs> but I but I hear the fire now. I, Great. I hear Excellent. The so burning the gear 2017. Does anyone want to start it off? You go. I thought the congressional Republicans comported themselves very poorly this year. <laughs> Cheers. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers to that. You know, they there was a there were a lot of them who all through 2016 said things like Donald Trump would be terrible president. Yeah. Shame on all of us. And this year, 
they just let him continue to use the White House for his sort of self-personal improve. Like you have to drink, by the way. Corruption. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, set down their oversight powers. All these things, right? I mean, this is nothing special or new, but like, even as we talk about how terrible Donald Trump is, like each and every congressional Republican, I think without exception, even the people who would like occasionally stand up and say things like, "Oh, it raises serious concerns." They're yeah. not doing, they're doing nowhere near enough. Nowhere yeah. near enough. Yeah. You're right. And you have to drink, by the way. Okay. Again? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah. this is a different one. This is one for all of us. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. But I, I agree with you 100%. And I'd like to take back the House and the Senate. Yeah. yeah. That's all. So, Congressional Republicans? Congressional Republicans. We are burning you. Bye. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. That was a really good one. Yeah, boy. <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> How did you get that sound effect of me? <laughs> you put microphones in my shower. Absolutely. What? Mm. No. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Ben's shower. Ben's work. Every time I move on from one part of my body to another, I'm like, yeah, boy. <laughs> this is the best showers ever. Oh, love showers. Oh, uh, one thing we are not burning is showers. No way. Showers no. Are- I think also I said, not also not encouraging yourself in the shower. Longer the better. <laughs> I think maybe patting yourself on a, on the back in 2018 in the shower is the way to go. Is, is the, the way, way to, to go. move forward. That's that's the home for self love in 2018. I get, I get I take such long showers. I get so dry in the winter time. <laughs> because, I'm a mess because you take such long. showers? I think it's both. Yeah. Did you guys know I have Renaud's? What's that? Renaud's is this thing where. Your extremities, so your fingers and your toes, they stop receiving the proper amount of circulation because of the way your body responds to cold. So at a certain point, you're just cold in those parts. And the only thing that will fix it is like scalding hot water or being in a really warm room. And so like this week in particular with negative five temperatures, I have been purple Oh. Like everywhere. Yeah, your you fingers look. are red still. They're they're insane, right? This yeah. is they either look for the like viewers, the, his fingers are bright red. My fingers look listeners. Like the, <laughs> 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 listeners. Listeners, my, my fingers look like the Kool-Aid man. Yeah. Right now. Do. And they either look like that or the White Walkers. There is no in between. I'm really glad we're not actually in the garage that Claire remembered from 100 Bogart Street. Yeah, me too. I would not have booked that given given my renewals. I was looking forward to just like a blanket, like a pile <laughs> yeah. of and getting yeah. all cozy. I thought it would, you know, I, I thought it'd be kind of nice. I assumed they would bring us, you know, space heaters that we yeah. would crowd around. Come on, Radio Free Brooklyn with your super awesome warm studios <laughs> and spacious space and engineers. We need sponsors. Um, it's very nice it's here. It's very nice in here. Especially with w- the way that I the way that I made it seem. <laughs> I I set up the expectations well, I think. I think you did. That was that was good. Okay, so re- Republican congressional leaders burning that. I want to burn fucking Twitter. Mm, Just fucking I really want to burn fucking Twitter yeah. because I like not only is it does it feed the cycle of like depression and paranoia that like is um, killing us, <laughs> but also it's like a really, really good example of where the um, the rules of the you know of the um, white privileged uh, yep. male privileged um, you know the the most privileged of our society are making the rules of Twitter, and it's making the conversation on Twitter like. 
it's just untenable. And the fact that like they won't the fact that they're trying to use Twitter as a as a governing tool, the fact that it has become a governing tool rather than what it is, which is just a place for people to, I don't know, spew hate or, you know, complain about television shows like it. it, I I, want to burn Twitter because it's acting like a governing tool and it shouldn't be if it if 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 they want to take him offline, if they if they want to find a new governing tool that has different rules that maybe has like a similar like format. Yeah. That sounds cool. Like it does seem like we're coming into a new age of, you know, of, of how we communicate and um, how information is spread. And so if, if the government of the world wants to create a Twitter that is good for using to communicate, I think that would be awesome but I think Twitter, as it is, needs to die. <laughs> I, I don't disagree at all. And, and one of the things you bring up that seems really on point to me, it's like we're all still learning the decorum of what Twitter is. That's us with any technology, whether it has social implications or not. It takes a few years for people to figure out what the fuck they're doing with it. Like, if you remember the way you used to text, like yeah, back when phones right. first had texting, I'm sure that would look deeply embarrassing. Not for anything you said, but just like, it would look so primitive that your behavior on a system or with anything evolves over time. But rarely does it has it has that evolution period had global implications like right. we're still evolving with Twitter. But the consequences of that evolution are already in motion, depending on what someone tweets out or says or what the rules are. And that creates a really dangerous scenario yeah. for me anyway. Like that, that that's how I feel when I. When we have the debate of like, should he be on Twitter or not? It's like, this is not the time to be figuring that out. But of course, it technically is. And it's like, right. we're still understanding what they're as bombasted by it as we are right. in a lot of ways. Every once in a while, there'll be something so lovely on Twitter, though. Like, just so, so funny. And I think if if you, Scott, didn't fall for the Gorilla Channel, I would have used that as an example right. of something that is so right. funny and so weird. Yeah. And so many people can sort of come together from all sort of walks of life and just enjoy this hilarious, bizarre joke all together. The other one that I thought was so funny is, you guys seen Zelda as a boy? Yes. No. So funny. It's so good. What's the woman's name? Who's She's um, the comedian. I'm... No, she. Cr- I I was gonna say Megan Amram, but it's not her. It's I can look it. Up. Look it up. Yeah, I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave her uncredited. No, it's so funny. She should get full she's, credit. She's for what is writer. it? Can you guys describe it? So, Zelda, I guess technically is not the boy in the Legend of Zelda. Zelda's the princess, and mm-hmm. Link is the prince. But all she says is, "Zelda's a boy," and then waits for trolls to like correct her, and then she's like, "No, I'm pretty sure it's a boy." And then she'll do like little <laughs> graphics of like screenshots from the game with a little speech bubble that says, I am a boy <laughs> and my name is Zelda. And all of these guys are just like, no, Link is the boy and Zelda is the princess. And she's like, no, I'm pretty sure that would be pretty odd. I mean, it's called The Legend of Zelda and you play as this boy the whole time. It'd be really weird if that wasn't his name. I'm pretty sure Zelda's the boy. And it is so funny. Yeah. It's funny in this deep, rich, great right. way. I get well, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. And and actually, this week another thing that happened that I that I meant to to mention, and then it didn't occur to me, was Barry Jenkins, the director of Moonlight, was on a flight 
and he was watching a woman watch Notting Hill. She had it on, and I guess he was connected to the Wi-Fi, and he just live-tweeted <laughs> Notting Hill, both it and watching the movie. And it was... I, I love the idea that, that a medium can create something highbrow and lowbrow at the same yeah. time, which Zelda as a boy totally is. But this was, too, because he was... One tweet, he'd be fanboying out about the actors that wound up being in it yeah. or, like, a certain scene. And then, like, the next he would be kind of going into shots that worked or didn't. The comedian is Ariel Dumas. Ariel oh, Dumas, yeah. you are a genius. You are a genius. <laughs> Shout out to Ariel Dumas. And Barry Jenkins, you are a genius, too. And and you're so right. Like, Twitter can be both good and bad. And when it when it gives you that good good, like, there's nothing else like it in the world. Do you think we're using it? Do you think maybe it's a way of... Are we, is it exercising our demons? Like, is this a thing? I mean, exorcising or exercising? I don't, I don't know which one. I don't, I don't know. I, don't know. I like, really hope my demons are getting on a treadmill and just getting their cardio in. Like, they are, I promise. Sweet. But, <laughs> is the it? exorcist, he's just a personal <laughs> trainer. It's very stupid. It's just, Linda, just Linda Blair on a, on a <laughs> my rule is when I say stupid. Well, it's, should I tell him? No, no, no that's not it. No. Okay, all right. No, it's a good catch, though. Okay. That was good. Um, but, like, it, I know, I feel like Twitter, I don't know, I feel like Twitter caused the election of Donald Trump. That's the... Did but, it? I don't know. I don't know. This is what I'm wondering about it. Like, Claire, you have to drink. Okay. But did it? I mean, that's a really good question. Did it? It seems so dangerous to me. It's addicting. It's also lovely. All journalists are on it, which is... And journalists are the, the creators of our perception of what is happening in important places in the world, right? And if they're all on Twitter and they all talk to each other and they right. get their sense of the world from Twitter. And, and there is a way, I think, that it helps sharpen our thoughts sometimes in a way that's useful, too. That, like, I because you have to capture culture so quickly, I find myself trying to be sharper when I engage with it. Like, maybe some people use it to ramble, but some of the best tweets I've ever seen offer in 50 words what used to be offered in a thousand and i think there's something incredibly powerful about that i agree to boot too it is addicting i yeah. am addicted do you feel do you feel the danger of the of these like nuclear conversations yeah. though these yeah. dick measuring contests like i feel they feel very i they don't feel so dangerous to me anymore because it's been a year and we haven't been annihilated yet but like every every time Actually, that's not true. Every time there's a tweet like that, I get less. I'm less stressed out about it. So maybe maybe this is something that maybe this is part of what happens with Twitter. Maybe we're all becoming accustomed to a kind of discourse that's like just way coarser, you know, and like way more uh, irresponsible and irrational. Maybe this is like part of our I don't know. Maybe this is us discovering our id. <laughs> no, way it's totally like good. Yeah. I don't. I don't actually think that, but this is me playing devil's advocate. It's such to a medium and message because Twitter, like Donald Trump, is bad, and right. Donald Trump uses Twitter. But does that make Twitter bad? Is that just, that mostly makes Donald Trump bad? I think it makes. I think Twitter not policing what he you says. You think should, you think they should kick him off Twitter? I do. Yeah. Huh. I do. Yeah. I think that his. I think that his content explicitly violates their rules consistently. And I think that they're not. I think I, I think that the that the um, the clause that they use to make it to make it okay is that they say it's uh, that, that it's like of public news interest. Value, yeah. yeah, that yeah. it's newsworthy, right? By the and way, I, Ben, you have to drink three times. 
<laughs> I think I think that that's like. Um, and you have to drink once. Uh, I think. <laughs> is it when we say Donald Trump? Yes, it is. Oh, there it is. That's funny. One rule down. I, I I try really hard not to say. <laughs> I do actually try. We we had like a fifty. So when minute, I said forty five. Yeah. No. When we had a fifty minute stretch, I was like, oh my god, she already figured it out. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, that was it. Okay. All right. That rule is no, off I the table now. Like we can use his name liberally. Great. Nicely done. Well done, you guys. Um, but no, I yeah. don't. I don't disagree. I. I. Because he. He just. He. Any like. He. He incites violence. Like. He has violent tweets. I don't know. I. I know that it's like a. I know that it's a test case for free speech and like trying to figure out what is and isn't. Well, and but but then and the other thing that. That, that occurs to me in this moment is uh, have you guys played HQ yet? Talking about something. Yeah, that, speaking of something that feels like a Black Mirror no. episode. Right? What is HQ? HQ is dystopia. But what it actually is, is it's a quiz game on your phone. In fact, it's it's probably live right now. It goes live twice a day and you get plugged into a quiz game with a bunch of other people. Uh-huh. Uh, as many as 860,000 people. And you can win up to $2,000. That's the, you answer 12 questions. You have 10 seconds to answer them. There's a host that takes up the entirety of your phone screen. Uh-huh. He's this New York improv guy. I didn't know him, but a bunch of improv people I know know him. He used to have like a, a talk show at UCB. I think, I think it's Scott Roganowski or something is how you yeah. say his name. And people will compete to win this money uh, twice a day. We did it on New Year's. Cat's um, really, really into it. And like at eleven forty five, we booted up HQ and tried to win eighteen thousand. That's what they were offering. Wow! But but the reason I bring it up is they have a chat room that have that's open for the whole quiz thing. And if someone gets to whatever, they'll kick them out. Yeah. And I have this moment of going like, you'll kick someone out of the HQ chat room, right? For writing something awful, right? But we can't get him off with like potential nuclear stakes. Yeah, that's so what wouldn't you rather? About. Wouldn't you rather know what Donald Trump is? Thinking, right? Because I feel like not having him on Twitter doesn't keep him from being the way he is and being the president of the United States. Yeah. This has always been a great question about Donald Trump. It's like, to what know. extent is he revealing things about America? And to what extent is he creating thing, creating new terrible things I think, about this country? Or yeah. both. I mean, it's got to be both. Or maybe it's uh, maybe also part of that question is to what extent is he actually doing anything? <laughs> I think he's yeah. not. Like, to, to what extent are people listening to him? To what like extent is he having a... I'm pretty sure his only function is twitter that's a really good point like and I, I think that's his only that's the only thing he does well and actually i'm going to use that to transition into one of mine only because i want to keep the the ship rolling but this is going to keep this conversation going so first for better and worse let's burn bad twitter um, right. <laughs> bad twitter burn it bad twitter you're done Woo! but speaking of bad twitter one of mine was entitled fandom which is something else that showed up a lot on Twitter and was something that came up when we were talking about Star Wars and something that was really prevalent this year. Mm. And like before I burn it, I just like I want to lay out. I get being a fanboy. That's what I am. I always have been. I was that kid buying comic books at like the age of eight, hoping that some other friend I made in public school would buy the same comics as me. It was important to find something to geek out over. I get having a property, having emotional resonance for you. That I would never begrudge anyone that. That's that's about emotional intelligence and archetypal stories speaking to you. That's great. 
That said, the thing that happened this year is it seemed to make certain people feel important. And certain people decided that, like, they knew what was best for that property or what designated it. And to that, I go, like, the fuck? <laughs> like, there were Rick and Morty fans who decided that they were so special that when McDonald's offered to bring back Szechuan sauce to capitalize on them, right? They brought back Szechuan sauce for a day because it was a joke on the first episode of season three. Find some more of that Mulan Szechuan teriyaki dipping sauce, Morty. Because that's that's what this is all about, Morty. That's my one-armed man. I'm not driven by avenging my dead family, Morty. That was fake. I'm driven by finding that McNugget sauce. I want that Mulan McNugget sauce, Morty. That's my series arc, Morty. That they could trash on McDonald's. They didn't have enough Szechuan sauce, and they straight up, their videos on the internet, they straight up, like, broke that McDonald's. They started trashing shit and screaming bloody murder. They got pissed off that there were females on the writing staff. Is entitled fandom uh, another phrase for toxic masculinity? <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah it, it mostly is. I mean, white privilege. And like, I don't. And maybe there are people out there who aren't white and male and are acting entitled. I haven't encountered them. They're like, probably not destroying McDonald's. They're not the ones destroying McDonald's over such ones. And it's like. And over, like, you, hey, you got fucking played. Like, first it is off. Del- it's delicious sauce. It's so, it's I've never great. had, you like dip fries in it or something? You dip whatever you want. <laughs> it, it was the best fucking sauce. And to be real, I debated, I had a rehearsal that day for the play I was doing at the time. I really wanted to go wait in line for that sauce. Like, I get why you wanted to go wait. I get even how that could have been a really fun thing. Like, holy shit, this thing I love is bringing back something else I love. In reality, like that's amazing. You don't go fucking break a McDonald's over it. Yeah. Like that's save that for when the McRib. Yeah, <laughs> when they offer the McRib on the regular, and they only got two of them, you burn that that's McDonald's when you to fucking the ground. Bust a window at a McDonald's. You burn that <laughs> to point. the ground. You just good, do. Good. You do this to that McDonald's. Right, I'm trying to load the sound effect. <laughs> I couldn't. Do it. We'll get. Well, I'm gonna. We'll vamp. <laughs> We'll, have, we'll edit it. I hate McDonald's. <laughs> That's oh, what you do to that McDonald's. <laughs> you burn it to the ground. But no, yeah. That's a, like that was a thing this year. Yeah. And the Star Wars fans, which which you yeah. brought up earlier. Holy shit. Can I, I? I feel I just I feel like I have to say Please. that I'm an I'm an ent- entitled fan for the X Files. Mm. And you know I had some strong reactions to the most recent. <laughs> I would never destroy a McDonald's over it, but I was very unhappy and I did feel personally, personally offended by the way that the progression of the X-Files happened. But I understand what you mean and I agree with you. And I think generally toxic fandom should die. Well, and I guess maybe that's more what I mean, like toxic fandom, because I think like you have a right to say that you feel the character shouldn't have done this because you're talking about plotting. But you're not actively protesting the director for making that call. Like, no. these characters are available to all of us. And and that was sort of going to be my other thing about it, was they're archetypal characters. Star Wars, X-Files. At this point, we, we've already talked about an X-Files episode without planning it in the span of this right. podcast. Like, we all have reactions to Mulder and Scully and what those stories are. It's one of the few things that can breach divides between people in an increasingly fraught climate. Like, use your feelings about it to create discussion points, not crying for the director's head. Like, 
and, and hopefully it doesn't trend into outright racism as it did with Star Wars The Last Jedi and I think the Tran is the character's name. Um the the Asian pilot, the the, the service worker. Like where there was there's straight up vandalism about her being included. And 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 about like like the plot twist with Luke Skywalker where I'm like he wouldn't do that and like they were calling for his I'm like how do you know? <laughs> He's aged 30 years. Like how what if if you care this much, become a writer and do something in canon. Don't <laughs> <laughs> shout out to I Andy Schneeflock. Carrier of I the should, canon. Yeah. And actually you have to drink too. <laughs> well, I'll drink for that. Yeah. Like do that. Don't, it, it's an interesting divisive work and I have nothing but good things to say about it, but I would also like, I'd be happy to sit down and hear why you don't like it. We could have a meaningful evening yeah. talking about that. Let's like I could dis- definitely talk for a whole evening about this as well. Yeah, for real. And, and to me, like, let's just take toxic fandom and put it on a boat and frickin' burn the hell out of that shit. It's done. Did you guys just see my Twitter send up send a notification? I no. I forgot. I was gonna turn my notifications off before I came here because I thought I would be embarrassed about it, but I actually think it's sort of funny. What is it? I just get notifications oh, oh, on nice. you know, when people are like when I get a match or a message. Nice. Anyway. Our <laughs> <laughs> engineer is nodding like, yeah. I think I should, <laughs> I think I should burn Tinder. You can, truthfully. You can totally burn Tinder if you want to. I'm not going to. Yeah. That's not going to happen this year. Uh, can I burn some? Another Please thing? Please burn yeah. another thing. This sounds sort of sad, but depression. Yeah. Yo. I can we that. just burn the, f- can we burn it? Can we put it on a. What's your favorite SSRI? <laughs> um, Lexapro, baby. Woo! Yeah, Lexapro. Oh, oh I've had the I've, best. Lexapro is my favorite. I've danced with the Lexapro. Don't be fooled by Wellbutrin. No. Really? Because I have interest in it. <laughs> <laughs> I have an I, I have an interest in it. I will say. Yeah. But Lexapro has been my Lexapro. My boo. Lexapro. Lexapro and I have have we've dated a few times. Love it. Yeah. That, um, was, that was my go-to. I yeah. Did. But I, but I want to. I mean, I don't want to say goodbye to Lexapro, but I do want to say goodbye to depression in general. Yeah. Um, because I think, uh, because, <laughs> because uh, I don't think I need a reason. <laughs> no, it, it, and, and I think it's it's hard. I, I go with it's so hard. It's so hard to deal with depression <laughs> when you wake up yeah. and this is the world that we live in for a lot of reasons. And I actually think, regardless of what your politics are, it's. I, I was half jokingly creating an Instagram story today where I was like, loving is an act of courage. I guess look for that on Instagram later. But but like that I actually feel like even waking up and engaging can be a really hard and brave thing to do. And yeah. and, and like th- feeling depressed is absolutely understandable. And if there were some way to just say, no, I'm going to be available and here and let the feelings happen, whatever they may be. Because you get what my... I've never been clinically depressed, but when I have been, I, I deal with clinical anxiety, which is different, but also like close cousins. They're like close, kiss, they're kissing kissing cousins. cousins. Yeah, yeah. And, and the grossest kind. They're the grossest. <laughs> the grossest. Kind. The grossest kind of kissing cousins. There's good ones and bad ones. Right. There's, there's okay. There's Angelina Jolie and her whatever, yeah, yeah, and then right. there's depression and anxiety. Right. Exactly. Uh, but but that like no kink it, shame though. No kink no, shame. no 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 no, no, no kink right. Shame. No. no kink shame in 2018. No. But, yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, honestly. 
But 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 the, the the thing is they're both they both are different kinds of weights that just can dominate you totally. And I would love to live free of that weight. Yeah. As Amen. as much as I possibly can. Yeah. And to that end I say, um, medicinal marijuana? Question mark. Oh yeah. Hello, California. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. Congrats, on, congrats on pot sales. It's certainly I have a I have a cousin in Boston who's doing really well with his depression and anxiety. In Boston, in Massachusetts, in Massachusetts, really U- using medicinal. Yeah, it's just medicinal there. It's also recreational. It's both. It's both it's in both. Massachusetts. Yeah, in Massachusetts. Wow. But he's he's got one of the one of the pens where he can coordinate the dosage, and he's kind of figured out the thing that works for him. Yeah. And honestly, changing his life. Hey Ben, it's great. Government. Government. This is your job. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great thing, guys. <laughs> this is your job going into twenty eighteen. Oh man, but I agree. Okay, so we are going to, as soon as I load up my freaking iPad, burn depression. Goodbye. Bye. To happier lives in 2018. Oh my god, goodbye. Bye. 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 You know, I will say, I like this year already is so much easier. <laughs> like, it's so much easier to get out of bed this year. I 2018 agree. is like, um, and it, it doesn't have anything to do, everything is still wrong. But, but you're right, it but is easier. Managing it is easier. It's great. There's something about surviving the year we went through. Like the the count we were talking before the podcast started about how New Year's is a trap because you always think you should have to do something special on it. And it's partially because it's given all the weight of like, oh my God, twenty seventeen is over. Yeah. But you should really probably just stay home and drink with your family or friends or do whatever you like, play board games in a in a house in Sag Harbor. Mm. And that what Ben did. That's what I did. Awesome. It was great. It's so that's good. So good. But that, but that, like, yeah, there is something real t- and tangible about getting rid of that year and just being like, we got through it, given everything that had acclimated. I heard someone say that because of the seasons in the northern hemisphere, like our New Year's is in winter, and so it's a very dark time. So it's very mm. easy to imagine things ending, but sometimes it could be a challenge of imagining things beginning because of the way the seasons just happen to hit yeah i love that so let's make it in let's make it a good beginning the beginning Heck yeah despite yeah. the darkness despite yeah. the, cold. the darkness the coldest ever oh, the coldest ever God. been for me and though it did give us two snow days and that definitely helped me start the year off on the right note yeah. like basically being the metro north just almost stopped running and i was like i'm in connecticut like <laughs> just chilling in connecticut just chilling in connecticut Watching movies, which is a whole other thing about Scott. Oh my God, Norwalk, Connecticut. Connecticut. <laughs> Amazing. Shout out, shout out. And actually, our engineer drives up to Danbury. Oh, ben, he, yeah, been driving up to Danbury, hour and a half. That's a longer commute than mine. It's a long commute. Yeah, they got great beer up in Danbury, though. Bad sons, bad sons beer. Is there any way we can? <laughs> I wish there was a way to burn commutes. <laughs> we could totally like this burn is the commutes. year of the what is the thing in Star Trek where they with the oh warp speed no where you just turn into light and then you go somewhere else oh, teleportation <laughs> yeah yeah teleportation in 2018 yeah. they call it beaming yeah beam, yeah. beam me up beam me up one to beam up I Be- just pressed my. why just you <laughs> I want to go oh yeah three to four to beam up four to beam up uh Instead of beaming, I'm going to burn. Can I do my, my yeah. second one? Burn it. All right. I said this was coming. I'm burning the NFL. Whoa. I I listen. I love football. I actually I love the sport of football. And watching the playoffs this weekend was a reminder like, holy crap, it's a great game in and of itself. The rules in and of itself are fantastic. And I love the political voices that are coming through, not just the kneeling. I love 
that Michael Bennett is an active voice for Seattle and for impoverished youth in Seattle. And he's got a charity I lo- that, like a lot of sports, it can speak to our current condition. But I cannot stand the NFL for the life of me. Like, I cannot stand an organization that is willing to schedule Thursday games, which give these guys zero rest so they can supposedly make more money on games that no one is watching. I can't stand an organization that won't address player safety where people are losing function in the lower half of their legs. And we get numb to it because we're seeing someone go out with an ACL injury every single week. I can't stand a league where the best people in the league are going out with ACL injuries every single week. It's it's stopped being fun. Hmm. I have a, a text thread with uh, three guys that I'm very close with. We've been texting about football, and that's great. But it, I the conver- I watched the conversation stop at a certain point because we're like, what can you say about this dude writhing around on the ground? It's not fun Mm. and it can be meaningful the bills and the jacksonville jaguars are playing each other in the playoffs this week and those are two cities that if they win will get huge infrastructure boosts and they have a lot of athletes that represent amazing things but they need a league that represents them and doesn't commodify their protests one week and silence them the next they need a league that quite frankly finds a way to treat them that doesn't involve opioids they need a league that cares about them the way the NBA seems to care about its players. If the owners aren't going to watch the game and see what's actually happening on their fields, I don't know why we should. Mm. And I want to watch it because it's still one of my dad and my best shared languages. And despite it basically being an institution for racism, which someone for the love of fuck hire Colin Kaepernick, like there are people within it still doing good. And it's my privilege to wrestle with that as a white male but I wish it was something we could wrestle with nationally and that the NFL was willing to wrestle with because so many people watch it who aren't willing to engage in tough conversations. And it could be the home of those conversations as opposed to like a place where we fight about whether that conversation should happen. And I think it's in the NFL's hands. So for my money, I am burning the living fuck out of the NFL, not football. NFL, go fuck yourself. Whoa. I don't know a lot of, I don't know anything about it, but it sounds like you need some women. <laughs> Shout true that. Maybe if women run the NFL, it would be better. And almost all the owners are white. Yeah. They're white males. Sean Combs may be buying the Carolina Panthers. P. Diddy. Cool. And Drake apparently says that he's going to hire Carolyn Kaepernick, according to a freestyle he did on, on Little Wayne's album. So, And we know all of this because of Twitter. Yo. Shout out to good Twitter. Shout good out to Twitter. good Twitter. Good Twitter. Bringing it all home. It's weird to me to think that good Twitter is... Good Twitter is actually run by different rules than bad Twitter. And they're, <laughs> they're not... They're not articulated. No, it's The so rules true. by which they're... Mm. The rules of engagement for the different types of Twitter have not been articulated. And I'm I part of so many different Twitters. There's so many different Twitters. Yeah. And that's fascinating and problematic. <laughs> <laughs> capital P. <laughs> With a capital P. And that's so... all I'll say about that. <laughs> yeah. That is so true. Ben, did you have one more? I have one more to burn. I actually have two. Did we got time? You one of the them two. is, I think the worst of the subway was in 2017. Oh, I and I think so. it's hit a bottom. And... I have to say this because I work for the city of New York that the MCA is run by the state of New York and the governor. But nevertheless, I think because of great activism by a lot of 
transit activists and I think just people really internalize like there's a serious problem with the MTA yeah. it's totally unconscionable that like a global city would let their transit system rot it's more than like the subway is important to New York City like New York City couldn't exist as an entity if it didn't have a subway right, right. like the people yeah. who need to get to Manhattan every day could not get to Manhattan there's no physical way for right. them all to get to the island right. without a functioning subway system incredible journalism has been done on this point I think it's revealed a lot of bad practices, but I actually, I'm a little bit optimistic because of that journalism, right? The journalism revealed bad things, but I think as a result of it, accountability is being sort of applied at the right at the right place. I think yeah. people feel like they have to fix this, and uh, I'm hopeful that'll get better. The other thing I want to say goodbye to is Dave Matthews hate because of Lady Bird. We can like Dave Matthews Yay! again. I'm so happy. <laughs> and not only that, oh, guys. Ladybird. Thank you, Ladybird. Yeah. Thank you, Greta Gerwig. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And thank you. Listening to Dave Matthews in that movie, and then when we got home after that movie, just popping on, it it got me into a different mood, which was, do you guys like David Gray's Babylon? Yes. 100%. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Shut the front door. Ben. It's so good. I was like, ben. I have permission to listen to this song again. I love Babylon. Oh. Sitting in my freshman Me college dorm looking at the snow, playing Babylon. I would stare at the <laughs> iTunes visualizer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow, that's linked so... Oh, boy. I'm going to put space it on. Between. Do it. Can yes. I do it? Can yes. I do it? I spent so much time thinking about what it means to be in the space between. <laughs> oh, we're gonna we're gonna pump it up and post. Jesus Christ, people! <laughs> oh man! This is Ben Furness staring at the iTunes visualizer <laughs> in Court Hall, North Campus, 2003. <laughs> this is before Facebook, even before Facebook. As George W. Bush was. Contemplating invading Iraq. Right. I was on a school bus and I passed my headphones over to someone and was like, have you heard this David Gray dude on my first generation iPod? Beautiful. Yep. (laughs) Scrolling the wheel. I remember listening to this song while driving through New Hampshire when I was working on Howard Dean's campaign Mm -hmm. in the January. You worked on Howard Dean's campaign? I did. I never knew that. I was a huge Deaniac. Was that the official title, Deaniacs? Yeah. Deniacs. That's incredible. Yeah. I was a Bernie Sanders supporter before Bernie Sanders existed. <laughs> You're like old school. You're yeah. a Dean bro. Yeah, I'm a Dean bro. It's a very, very Dean different. Dude. Dean dude. Dean dude. Dean dude. That would have been the hashtag. It's like feel the burn hashtag Dean dude. Dean dude was very, very, very different. Well, you know, because uh, Joe Trippy, who ran Howard Dean's campaign, he ran Doug Jones's campaign. Oh, no In Alabama. way. I didn't know did that. Dean Mensah. He did. Interesting. Oh, Google it. <laughs> Do you know what I didn't? Do you know what I didn't know until I read Fire and Fury that Steve Bannon had tried to bolster Jeff Sessions up as a candidate in 2012. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah, he was straight up trying to run his campaign. Speaking of people running people's campaigns, interesting. Absolutely crazy. Babylon, <laughs> Babylon. And then there's, uh, <laughs> please forgive me if I had a little strain. Yes. That was so good too. And th- is this year's love on that album too? Yeah. This year's love it better last. Heaven knows it's high time. I feel like one of the one of the amazing outgrowths of the last year was was uh, 
finding was getting really good at finding uh, comfort. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, like different ways of finding comfort. Higa. Something, so, yeah, Higa, big time. <laughs> Yo, Higa. Socks, candles, yeah. chocolate. Chocolate, totally. David Gray. David, David Gray. Gray. <laughs> David Gray is the secret component of that david gray mine was always like a beer on my commute home since you can drink on metro north yeah just like a little beer getting me from grand central to norwalk like self-care yeah 100 can you you can order a beer you you can there's a little store shout out to beer table there's a little store where you can get an overpriced beer but it's usually pretty good just take it on with you get a cup from zay bars they'll give you plastic cups for free take care of yourself just from Zabars. Just from Zabars. Thank you, Zabars, for your free plus. Thank you so much. We need sponsors. <laughs> and guys, I think David Gray and self care. That's a good. That's a good note to go to go out on. We're we're getting close to time here. Cool. The last thing we got to do, we got to reveal the rules we have that were the rules revealed. Oh. Right. These were these were crazy. So I will I will say it's the one tight. one of the ones that applied to all of us that was my rule for you guys was anytime any one of us mentions anyone from 10 bones theater company which we are all a uh, part of their entirely uh, memory shows or 10 bones itself hence why you drank when ryan chedapong came up and my or were you you said andy schneeflock and i said ryan chedapong yep, got it. so that's why i had to drink there those ones for you guys do you want to reveal the ones for for, for ben, ben? Uh, Ben's were every time Ben explains a, a form of government. So oh. you actually probably like are owed a drink for that. Oh, so the thing. Thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, anytime you roll your eyes at yourself, which I oh, I expanded yeah, yeah. that definition a little bit, and then anytime you say cool, 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 cool. But oh, I didn't do you that. You didn't at all. No. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. But you didn't. You didn't do that. Actually, you guys did a really good job of not adhering to your rules. It was really. <laughs> I was impressed. I feel like Scott, we didn't maybe didn't police you as well as we could have. <laughs> yeah, that happened to me on the last episode here's, here's, too. Uh, anytime you compliment anything or anyone, oh, which shit. we should, we should uh, there were there were a lot. Be, yeah. <laughs> anytime you say lovely, great, nice, or good. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> which, I think I probably should be dead. We, yeah. have, we, have, to re- <laughs> we have to retroactively go there. Yeah. Then oh, anytime a, you use a musician, TV show, or other specific pop culture thing to help illustrate a point. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. I should Which is be. actually just what this show what is. What this show is. About. So I, uh, maybe I am a ghost and I just don't realize that yeah. this, I, I, I died doing this show, as it turns out. Yeah. Anytime you rhyme, that was the last one. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. But I you didn't really you do, any. You no. didn't do any. No. There was no freestyling on this episode. Yeah. Right, yep. Next episode. <laughs> Stay tuned. And Stay tuned. What, six minutes left? Foreshadow. Foreshadow. Yeah. For you, we had anytime. And you avoided it, even though I tried to bait you into it. Like, I could kind of see it when you were trying to bait me into oh, stuff, but I didn't know what you were yeah. trying to bait me into. Yeah. Anytime it. you mentioned search party, mm-hmm. are anyone affiliated with it? <laughs> I didn't Zero. at all. No. Zero. <laughs> Zero. And, and are you so on a press tour? You're not on, you're not on a press tour. <laughs> so. Extremely humble. Stay, stay, in, stay in humble like Kendrick Lamar asked you to. Yep. Uh, oh, shit. Yep. Now the rules are filled. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Anytime you mention having anything having to do with Arizona, oh, interesting. Biodome or Steve Bannon. Oh, you! I avoided it all. Of yeah, all of it. I almost, I almost talked about Steve Bannon on, on, in yeah. the biosphere, but I didn't. Yeah, he's so I don't so want him close. to know. I don't want him to know that I know. Yeah, I don't like. I don't want it's, to talk about it. Too it's much. in the book. It's in Fire and Fury for a paragraph. No, it's not. Yeah, I almost texted you that photograph, and I will. Yeah, it's no in the book. No fucking way. It's in the book. Your time is now. Okay. It's in the book. I have to do it. Uh, yeah. Especially because I think he's going to run for president next year. Steve I Bannon? Mean, yeah. Next. 
next I, year. I he's just going to subvert it by two years. He's going to run for something. Yeah. yeah. I had one more thing that I really wanted to share. Please. Which is uh, this woman named Amy McGrath. Mm-hmm. She's running for Congress in Kentucky. Yes. She's like this fighter pilot. Unbelievable. Cool. This incredible oh, ad. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. it just sort of reminded me that like, yes, blah, 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 we're going to vote out Republicans, but there's just this incredible wave of new candidates that we're going to like get to know over the course of the year that I'm really excited about. Yeah. I think they're incredible, particularly women, right? Like yes. incredible, incredible women who are going to be running. All the data is like, it's not that women don't win as frequently as men do, it's that they, it's don't, that run. they don't run. Yeah. yeah. Wait, can we? Is that something we can go out on? Can I say another person? Yes, please. Yeah. I'm actually looking up one too. Um, Kristen Cinema in Arizona. Nice. Who, Drink. Who is Arizona? <laughs> Arizona. Yeah. Yeah, we did it. Yeah, bye bye. Uh, Kristen Cinema in Arizona. She is a bisexual woman who identifies as um, bisexual. Cool. Who is running for? I guess she's running for um, uh, John McCain's. It's either John McCain or Jeff Flake's seat. Cool. Yeah. That's so cool. And there's this woman. And I'm trying to find her name, but I don't have a good connection. In Texas, who's running for something, who just put up this amazing Twitter story about a necklace that was handed down in generations and how her parents are immigrants and why she is running as a woman for a seat in Texas and why she runs that, uh, where she wears that necklace every single day. So cool. um, It's on Meg Fee's Twitter if you want to see it retweeted. Meg Fee's an amazing author. Uh, she tweeted it out. So go support those candidates in 2018. Sweet. Have a better year, guys. Amen. And Claire, thank you guys so much for being on the show. Thanks, Scott. Follow these guys. We are out. Have a great rest of your week, everybody. We'll see you back in a week. Woo. Take care. Every dream inside my soul When you kiss me